was good, wasn't it? That's better than opening presents this morning. I'm glad this morning that they put on that, uh, that uh, gets a little musical and encouraged about that. And we appreciate uh, our visitors, amen, who's uh, become real friends to us in such a short period of time, uh, being part of that, if not most of that. And we're glad about that, amen. And I see that uh, some of the tea girls kind of jumped in at the end there, but and we're glad about that too. But I'm glad I'm in the house of God, amen. I'm glad I'm with the people of God, and I'm glad that this morning you're here as well. I'm encouraged that so many, so many would come on Christmas Day to church. I read yesterday that 60% of churches are canceling their services this morning. And I'm thinking that's a sad commentary to the condition and the very spirit of our country. It's very discouraging. But I can tell you this, 100% of this church is here and so i'm excited about that too all right well again right after the service this morning we'll have a meal we hope all will stay and be part of that and then right after the meal we'll have another service and uh, again preach uh, the word of god and uh, then we'll go home and conclude the day with that and maybe enjoy the rest of the time with one another all right, if you have your Bibles this morning, I'd like you turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I want to preach this morning on why the virgin birth. We preached Wednesday night, the wow of the virgin birth. This morning, I'd like to preach on the why of the virgin birth. I want to apologize again about my voice. I know it's not completely where it needs to be, and I'll, I'll try to do my best here. Here in chapter 1 of Luke, let's stand to our feet in honor of God's Word. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Thank you for our visitors this morning being here, choosing our church to come worship in. Verse 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee, Named Nazareth, I like that, from God. To work to a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel came and unto her and said, Hell, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when he saw him, she was troubled at his saying, cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. For thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. Capital. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost has come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also thy holy thing, which thou shalt be born of thee, shall be called the Son of God. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. The greatest name that ever been mentioned out of the lips of a man. The name that's above every name, great power that even the devils have to obey. God, even the sea and the water, the fish, the camels, donkeys, trees, weather. Lord, all there is today, God, what a powerful name that Jesus is. We love you. We thank you for loving us this morning. We pray, Lord, you'd help us to preach. God, give us the physical ability, the mental ability. But most of all, Lord, the spiritual God that will not do anything this morning in flesh or according to the flesh. God that will preach in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost of God, bringing glory and honor to our Savior. I pray you speak to every heart and every soul. Pray you touch our lives this morning. Pray, God, that Jesus Christ be magnified in every heart. Every single person that leaves out of here this morning will leave saved, born again, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Because of the virgin birth of Christ. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You might be seated. Three points this morning I have. I have the impossible, the inevitable, and the believable. This morning the first thought I want to bring to you is the impossible. Here in Luke chapter 32, Luke chapter 1 verse 32, he mentions in verse 33, he mentions about David. The impossible is this this morning, that it is impossible that Jesus not to come from the father or from the family of David. It is impossible that Jesus would not come from the family of David. He said that in verse 32. He says, and shall give unto him the throne of his father David. Verse 33, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there shall be no end. It was impossible that Jesus would not come from David, the family of David. And the reason why that's impossible, because it was spoken of, if you turn there, in 2 Samuel chapter 7. 2 Samuel chapter 7, and look there in verse 12. Second Samuel, and look there in uh, verse 12. We find as God would give David or tell David about what's going to take place and what will take place. And he tells it right here in chapter 7, verse 12. He says, When the days are fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for thy, my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not, shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul, whom I will put away before thee. Thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words, according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. We find in this chapter... And these terms, these words, that God is going to have a king, that king will be established, it will be establishment forever. So, here in this verse here, it's impossible, impossible, that Jesus would not come from the family of David. Number two, it was impossible for Jesus to come through the kingly line of David. Look there in Jeremiah with me. And verse 22, Jeremiah chapter 22, just trying to set a introduction here this morning so that we can see some of these impossibilities. It's impossible that David, that Jesus would come through the kingly line of David. The Bible says in Jeremiah 22, look at verse 24, as I live, saith the Lord, though Conai the son of Jechakim, king of Judah, were the signet upon my right hand. Yet when I pluck thee thence, I will give thee unto the hand of them that seek thy life, and into the hand of them whose face thou fearest, even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. I will cast thee out, and thy mother that bare thee, into another country where ye are not born, and there shall ye die. But to the land whereunto ye desire to return, Thither shall they not return. Is this man, Conai, a despised, broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein is no pleasure? Wherefore art thou cast out, he and his seed? That's an important word. Are cast into a land which they know not. O earth, earth, earth. There's a point being made there. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Write ye this man childless, a man that shall not prosper in his days, for no man of his seed shall prosper, sitting upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. Turn back now to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And look there in the genealogy and look there in verse 11. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 11. My first point, impossible for Jesus not to come from the family of David. Satan can't stop it. 
The man couldn't change it, and the world couldn't hinder it. Here is where the word Jeconias, you see that word in verse 11? Josias begat Jeconias. Jeconias is Kona. Jeconias, if you look at the scripture here in verse 1 of Matthew, it says the book of generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David. It starts with David and Abraham. We find in this Matthew's genealogy, it's a kingly genealogy. It's where the kings are coming from. Jeconias is a king. God called him Kona. You know why? Because the word J-E means Jehovah. And because of Jeconiah's lifestyle, because his way of living and his adulterous lifestyle in which he did before God, God cut him off. God called, God called him out in Jeremiah 22, 34. You can see it. God calls him Konai. He said, you're not worthy to carry Jehovah in your name. You're no longer Jeconiah, you're Konai. Now being Konai, God put a curse upon him and his family. And because of that, he said, he said that none of your seed out of your kingship will follow unto the kingdom. So, with that being done, now it's impossible that Jesus would come out of the kingly lineage of David. So now we're kind of in a quandary, right? We find that in the Bible says that, that Jesus would be of his father David. And now God says about Jeconiah and now Conai, he said, because you sinned and because you was an adulterer, because you didn't worship me and because you didn't live according to what I said to live, now I cut you off, I cut your children off, I cut the seed off, there will be no seed from you coming to Jesus. But yeah, in Matthew, we find in that lineage, Jeconiah is there. So it's impossible for Jesus to come from the kingly line of David. Number three, we find that it's impossible for Jesus to be born of a virgin. Luke chapter 1, verse 34, she said, how shall this be, saying, I know not a man. Impossibility, uh, it is humanly impossible for a virgin to bear a child. Right? It's humanly impossible for a human, woman, virgin to bear a child. Number two, it is humanly, not humanly possible, that, uh, but it is scientifically impossible for a virgin to bear a child. Scientifically. They like that word today, scientifically. It's scientifically impossible. It is physically impossible for a virgin to bear a child. And so we have seen three impossibilities. First impossibility, it's impossible that Jesus would not come from the family of David. Impossible. It's impossible that Jesus would come from the kingly line of David because of Conan. It's impossible that a virgin will bear a child. Never in history has this ever happened. Number two. But the inevitable, inevitable today, I want to preach on, which kind of will clear this up for you, in the impossible. Number one, it's inevitable that Jesus was born of a virgin because of the seed of man. The seed of man. Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, the Bible says, Wherefore by one man sin entered into the world. But did you know that Eve sinned before Adam? She was the one that was deceived. She's the one who took the, the very fruit, and she's the one who ate of that fruit. And then she looked to Adam and said, Adam, here, take of this fruit, and Adam took of this fruit. Now, it would be probably, wouldn't it be uh, fair, I guess you would say, that the Bible would say that, that uh, by one woman sin entered into the world? Because she did sin first. The Bible does not teach that. The Bible says that for by one man, sin entered into the world. And the reason why that that soul this morning is because the man is the one who carries the seed. 
The seed is not carried by the woman. The man carries the seed. And so it is the seed of this morning that is passed down to, to all of children and not of women. Women don't pass down the seed. Men pass down the seed. That's the way God has created it. The seed is passed down. And then uh, we find in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 13 and 14, For Adam was first formed, then Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was the transgression. We find number two, not only the seed of man, but the sin of man. In the generation of Jesus Christ, we find, uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, that it was the son of David. You see, in the seed of man is sin. Everyone that's born is born a sinner because of the sin of Adam, and the seed of Adam is passed down to every generation. Every man in this room is a sinner, and every man in this room brings forth that sin into your children. And everyone that's ever born has sin because it was brought from the seed of Adam. we got to get that this morning. From the seed of Adam. Now in this genealogy in chapter Matthew chapter 1 is the genealogy of David. Or from David. We find that in the, where it says David the son of Abraham. Which if you come down to verse 16 it says that Jacob begat Joseph the husband of Mary. Matthew is the genealogy of Joseph, the kingly lineage. Now, this is important now. It comes from the son of David. Who is David? David's the king. This is the royal line. This is the kingly line. This is the sin line. The sin line on this line. We find number two, the son of Jeconiah. Verse 11, that king was removed. That kingly, that royalty was removed. That seed was refused. God said, no, no longer going this way. It's not coming that way. The King of kings and the Lord of lords and the Lord of glory will not come through this line. We find it was done. Then there's the son of Joseph. The son of Joseph being the royal line, the king line, the son line. In verse 20 of the same chapter says, Joseph, thou son of David. And so we find without the seed of man, Jesus was born in the lineage of David. Right? Because Jesus was not, that no man was part of the birth of Jesus. And so God in his power and God in all of his creation and God in all his mind, he said that I will have this Savior to have a kingdom. This kingdom will be forever and he'll come through the line of David. And yet in the lineage of the kingly of, of what David was, the Bible found sin in that and that God rejected that, refused that. But he said in the lineage of Joseph, being the father of Jesus, without the seed of Joseph, can it come to happen? So now Jesus is from the lineage of David without the seed of David. Because in the seed of David is sin. And that's why Jesus can be sinless. Because he's out of the lineage of David, out of the kingly line. And that's why he would be king as well. Without the sin of man, Jesus was born in the line of David. The virgin's birth only could be made to make all those impossibilities possible. Out of the lineage of David. Luke 1, 37 says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. All those impossibilities we spoke well ago are all wiped out with God. All gold and done. Oh, is there a problem with the lineage of the family of David? Oh, no, no problem. Oh, is there a problem there with Joke and I? Oh, no, no problem with that. Oh, a virgin, a physically and scientifically and, and, a very, and a very womanly, it cannot happen. No problem with God. God can make it happen. So in the lineage of Matthew chapter 1, just remember this. Joke and I is in that lineage. God caught off the seed. That's the lineage of the kings. That's the lineage of David. And the kingly lineage. And so that needs to be understood. Now we're fixing to go to Luke chapter 3. That's the lineage of Mary. The seed of a woman. Luke chapter, 
Luke chapter 1. Let's go there first and we'll go back. We'll go to 3. But Luke chapter 1 and look in verse 35. The seed of a woman. The Bible says, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. I'm sorry. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore shall the holy thing which thy the born in thee shall be called the Son of God. The seed of a woman. Well, you say, I thought she didn't have a seed. Well, she got a seed. <laughs> the Bible says in Genesis 3.15, if you remember, back way back then, he said it was going to be her seed. Right? That was the promise. Her seed. Wasn't his seed, but her seed. Her seed is going to bring forth Jesus. We find in, Gen- in Galatians 4.4 4 it says, And when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son made of a woman. We find also in the scripture it tells us that that body was prepared unto me, he said. And so let's look at this, how it really happened. Since Mary is not the carrier of sin, Mary's not the seed of sin, so there cannot be her carrying the sin forth. But she is the carrier of the Son of God. A God placed his seed in her. Now, I'm going to say it like this now so we can just really get it together. Is that in Mary, God prepared a body. He placed that body within Mary. Now, that body, you say, well, that body's a child. Well, it's smaller than that. That, that, that child, that, that, in that side is the embryo. Yeah, it's an embryo too, but it's smaller than that. It was a seed, right? And that seed uh, uh, was... This body that God prepared. And in this body they prepared, God placed himself within that body. God in Christ. All right? So that was, was there. Now remember now, there's no sin involved here because there's no man involved here. And so we could say that this one who is formed in the body of Mary is one who's sinless. The Bible says, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Matthew 1.20 says, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. Now, hold your place there and turn to Hebrews chapter 2 with me. Verse 14, I want to show you something that ought to make you exciting if you know God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. The Bible says, for as much then as, you, as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, uh, that's you and I. He, talking about Jesus, also himself likewise took part of the same. Now, I want you to look at two words. For as much then as the children of God are partakers of flesh and blood. That word partakers, it means to share with each other all. So everything that each one of us have tonight, we share it all. Flesh and blood. But the words I want you to look at for Jesus, he uses the word took part. Different Greek word. And what that means is, it means partly share. Partly share. Now this is what he's talking about. In Mary, God prepared a body. And in Mary was the one who brought forth the Son of God. And inside of Mary, he had God with him. Now, remember, the woman does not carry the blood. Men carry blood. If you would take a woman when she conceives or when she gets conceived, uh, you'll find in the ovum that there is just an egg. That egg has no life. It's just an egg. The egg will never, never develop. The The egg will never conceive. The egg will never have anything within it. It will never have blood. Never, never, ever, never, God created the baby and the woman, and there is not one drop of the mother's blood in that baby. Not one drop. Never. From the very get-go, it was that so. And so, the mother's blood is never 
in the egg. It never comes from the egg. The egg never enters the blood of the mother into the egg. Now, when the seed of that man comes upon that egg and fertilizes that egg, then that egg comes alive. And where is life? In the blood. And now that life in that embryo begins to come forth and a baby comes forth because of the seed of the man that carries the bloodline. So now you have a body within Mary that's human, but you have a man or a child that's God because it has not the blood of man, but has the blood of God. That makes sense? That's why the virgin birth is so important. It's because the body is the son of man, but the blood is the God-man. And we find this morning in this so thought that ought to make you shout this morning that God would make so, such a thing be so pure and so holy and so real that you and I can have a Savior through a virgin birth. And we see here this morning that God became his son in her. If you look at the lineage in chapter 3 of this uh, of Luke, we find at the end of verse 38, it says, Adam, which was the son of God. And we find this is the lineage of Mary. She's bringing forth the son of God. It was over here in Matthew where he brought the son of man. And we see here in uh, Luke 3.32 that David was the son of Jesse. And, and I want you to notice here, secondly, in this lineage of, of this chapter 3, if you look at it with me, we'll see there in about verse, uh, verse 31. You remember in Matthew that that lineage came from Solomon. It was David, Solomon, Jeconiah, right? That's how the lineage went. We find in this lineage, though, if you look there in verse 31, it was the son of Nathan and the son of David, which was the son of Jesse. It's not through the lineage of Solomon here. You see that? If you'd go back to Matthew, you'll see that the lineage of David goes through Solomon. You know why? He's a king. And Matthew is a kingly lineage. It was shut off. But here in Luke... It's a family image, lineage. It's the family of David. And it's going through Nathan. See, it works like this. You remember when Queen Elizabeth died? And she had two sons. She had that uh, 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 Charles, right? Charles. And uh, so Charles was the firstborn. But she has another one named Andrew. He's not so hot. But anyway, he have Andrew. So who gets it when Charles dies? He does, right? His son. Andrew is never in the lineage of becoming king, ever, unless all of his sons die. But he's still in the family. Here's how it works with Jesus. Jesus is in the David's line. And, but Jesus, oh, but over here on, king, on David's lineage, on the kingly side, Joke and I messed up. God cut him off. He said, there's no me no seed from you, sir, ever. But on the other side, it's through Nathan. And in Luke, it's through Nathan. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Song of Solomon, David, but here is Nathan in the family of God. And so we find that Jesus is in the family of David, and he's in the lineage of David because Joseph comes from the lineage of David. And Mary comes from the family of David. And so it's true in the scripture that Jesus is from David. Even on the kingly side and on the family side. Without sin. Without the seed of man. Without the blood of man. And with the blood of God. <laughs> the royal kingly line Solomon. The family line Nathan. And can I say here thirdly tonight today. Is that Jesus, the son of man, out of Joseph, was 100% man. He looked like man. 
He lived like man. He loved like man. He labored like man. He cried. He hungered. He, he was angered. He was one today that if you would look at him, he'd be a man of man. He'd be one today that you say, that man there, he was an honest man. He was a caring man, a loving man, a compassionate man. Never told a lie, never thought a lie, never imagined a lie, never did anything wrong ever. He's a 100% man, 100%. But then we also know out of Mary's lineage, he's a 100% God. 100% God. He was sinless. He's endless, and he's limitless. Nothing he couldn't do, nothing he wouldn't do. Everything he did was right. He won every battle. He ever won every war. He's never been defeated. He never lost. He's God of God and the King of kings. That baby that was in the belly of Mary, 100% man, 100% God, we just call him like this, the God-man. Without the blood of a man, but a body of a woman. Woo! Can I say here thirdly, that was inevitable. Here thirdly, the believable. The believable here I noticed in chapter 2, verses 10 and 11 of Luke. Turn there with me. I noticed that Jesus is Savior. Jesus is Savior, chapter 2 and verse 10. The Bible said, the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings and great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born in the day of the city of David a Savior, which is called Christ the Lord. That he was a man, according to them, that was our substitute. There could be no other substitute except a man. It took a man to be a man to substitute for a man. An angel couldn't substitute for us. Uh, there could be no seraphim substitute for us. A God couldn't sub substitute for us. A man had a substitute for us. He had to come to the cross of Calvary. He had to be a man to do that. And he had to be one that was sinless in order to substitute for somebody who's sinful. So because of that, the angels came, sent from heaven, from God, to say, listen, here's Jesus. He was a Savior. But for his man, he was a substitute. But God, he was a sacrifice. Only God could sacrifice for sinful man because only God has the blood of God, blood of God. And Jesus had the blood of God. And so that blood that was shed on the cross of Calvary was God's blood. And only God's blood can be the total, complete sacrifice for man's sin. And so we look at Jesus this morning and say, who was born? A Savior. A man who was our substitute, we belonged on the cross, not him. And who was our sacrifice, who shed God's blood for the sinfulness of man. Number two, what I notice is believable is that Jesus was not only Savior, but Jesus is the Son. Is the Son. The Bible teaches us in Luke chapter 2 and there in verse, uh, 20, verse 23. I'm sorry, Luke, Luke chapter 2, verse 10. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Unto you that is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and the earth and goodwill toward all men. It came to pass as the angels were gone away. From them into heaven, the shepherds, one said to another, Let us now go even to Bethlehem and see that which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they seen it, behold, saying, Which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told of them by the shepherd. Mary kept these things and wandered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying, praising for all things that they had heard and seen. And it was told unto them, can I say to you, friend, it was Jesus, the Son of God. He was a man that was without sin. Man that was without sin as a man. But then as God, he was without seed. See, as a man, he was without sin. So that means he could 
be the one who could be the son of God. The only, only people in this room that can be a son of God is one without sin. And there's only one. That was Jesus. And the only ways that we can become the children of God is to have our sin forgiven. And that blood. And now you become a child of God. One son, many children. But as God, he had without the seed. The seed of man. Which was the bloodline of man. And so we find this today. He's the son of God. You've got to believe that. Believe he's Savior. Believe he's the son of man. Number three, Jesus is sovereign. Man, he manifested God. As a man, as he walked along this earth for 33 and a half years, he manifested God. As a God, he demonstrated God. Some people said, well, all Jesus ever did in all his lifetime, he did what man can do. He was limited for God. Let me ask you a question. How many men do you know that walked on water? He walked on water because he's God. How many people do you know that's out in the storm and he just wakes up? Calm down, storm. Hey, 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 hey. Waters, cut it out. How many people have you seen do that? God how many people have you seen when they say to him hey listen uh, do you pay Caesar do you pay who do you pay God what do you want to do all they say hey man just catch that fish right there he pulls out a fish gives a coin in the fish's mouth he pulls a coin and says, hey look at the look at this coin whose image is on that have you ever seen a man do that hey next time you go fishing tell somebody I give you a million dollars you catch a coin That's God. Don't tell me that he didn't demonstrate God while he lived. I go through many of those things that he did. He, dem he was a manifestation of God in, in his manhood. And his God here on earth, he was a one who demonstrated God. He's sovereign. Today he's God. That was Jesus, Emmanuel, God. <laughs> Savior, Son of God, Sovereign. I wonder this morning, do you know him as your Savior, as the Son of God, and as sovereign? And did you know why the virgin birth? I bet you many Christians don't know why what I just told you this morning you didn't know. I've asked people all week, tell me why the virgin birth. Can I tell you something? Shamefully, every Christian I ever asked, they didn't know. They just said, we just believe it. And that's kind of the cop-out for most Christians today. I just believe it. They don't know why they believe it. You know, most times they don't really believe it. They've just been told it. Right? Most Christians don't get in their Bible. Most Christians don't read every day. If you don't read your Bible every day, you're a pathetic Christian. If you don't pray every day, you're, you're, you're sorry as they get, they get going. I mean, your family can't count on you. you you're not reliable. You, if you can't pray and read your Bible daily, something's matter with you. I'm telling you, it's a sad commentary in the Christian life today, especially the church. In this, in this way, it's become apostate. In a way, it's become far from God. It's, it's out of the Luke. It's out of up there. Talk about Revelation chapter three. The church of hell to see in today. On the outside, Jesus on the outside, knocking on the door, asking to come in. And Fred, Jesus is on the outside, and you're on the inside. We know nothing at all. I ask the question: Do you know why the virgin birth? What's the answer? The answer is there in Matthew was the kingly of David, and in that kingly, joking I sin, and God said, "No seed from that direction." And Jesus had to raise up Joseph. Who is in the kingly line of David. And bring Joseph and Mary together. And then in Luke it was Mary in the lineage of the son of God. Had to bring forth and that she was from the lineage of David as well. But she was in the family of God. In the family of David. And her having to be virgin. Because it couldn't take on the seed of Jokonai. But took on the seed of God. That overpowered her and showed her favor. And we find that she's now with child conceived of the Holy Ghost. And now we have the Savior, the Sovereign, the Son of God. And when he's born, do you believe it? If you believe it this morning, 
you can be saved. Do you know who and what this morning, really and honestly, do you know what, who Christmas is for? It's for the children of God. Do you know what the birth of Christ, that's what Christmas is all about? It's not about Santa Claus, it's not about reindeer. You know, my daughter said something to me this, this weekend. She came down, she said, Daddy, she said, why did parents, when we were young, now, I didn't ever tell her this, but why parents, when they were young, were told that reindeer could fly. That's what they were told, right? How I remember one time, my daddy took me out, and we lived in Parramatta out there in, in Aldine area, and we went outside. It was real. I remember just like it was yesterday. Daddy took me outside. He said, look on that roof, son. He said, do you see Santa Claus and those reindeer? And I said, yeah, I see them, daddy. Nah, there was no rain. There was nothing up there, but I saw. I, I guess I saw it. I mean, I can't remember what I saw, but I remember saying yes. He said, they're waiting for you to go to bed. And as soon as you go to bed, they're going to come on in here and get you a gift. I said, well, come on, let's go to bed. <laughs> so I went in there and I went to bed. And I'm just saying in the mind of all that, but me, you know what Christmas, and when I say Christmas, I'm talking about reindeer and Santa Claus and gifts. I'm talking about the birth of Christ. You know who it's for? It's for the church. It's for the saved. And you know what? If you're not saved and you're not the church this morning, you have hijacked Christmas. How dare you open a present on Jesus' birthday? How dare you celebrate on Jesus' birthday when you don't even believe he's the Savior? You don't believe he's the son of God? You don't believe he's sovereign? How dare you? How bold you are. How rude that you would celebrate on Jesus' birthday and you don't even believe in the virgin birth. And you don't even believe that he's God. He's Savior and the son of God. Return the gifts. Say, no, I'll not be part of this. I'm a fraud. I'm wicked. I'm sinful. I'm without the Savior, without the Son of God, without the Sovereign. How can I participate with all that God's done? Isn't that true? You say, brother, that's kind of hard, isn't it? No, it's true. What Christmas is about is for the child of God, saved, washed in the blood of Jesus, and born again. Everybody else is a fraud. And the world has taken over, commercialized it, and brought in all kind of pagan ways and tried to diminish the very truth of this morning, the virgin birth Jesus. Glory to his name. Praise his name. I praise him this morning that God would say this thing. He called it a thing that he has done. And boy, didn't he do a thing. The world can't figure it out. They can't get over it. And they keep on denying it. But it's always true. And if you believe it, you just get saved. Let's stand right here this morning. I think there's probably two ways this morning you could pray. You could come to the altar and thank God. For this thing that he done. Or you come to the altar and say, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus this morning. I believe he's the Savior. I believe he's the Son of God. I believe he's sovereign. And I want Jesus to be in my life. I want him to save my soul. I repent of my sin. I turn from my wicked ways. I turn from the direction I'm headed. I'm turning from the way that I've lived. And I'm turning my back on that. And I'm turning my face towards God. The Bible says, for as many as received him, he gave them the power to become the children of God, even to those who have believed. Would you come receive Christ today? No better day to get Jesus in your life than the day he was born, they say. Softly this morning, Brother George, you sing. If you need to come, you come. Just come, say thank you for the virgin birth. Thank you for what you've done, how you 
gave us the Savior, the Sovereign, the Son of God. Maybe you want to come to get Him. You choose this morning. So I don't have time. Yeah, you got time. You got plenty of time. Would you come? Would you come this morning? Would you come? Jesus. Jesus. Read you. I'm gonna read you to it. You probably already know about this, but I, I wanted. You, have you ever, you ever heard that song, Mary? Did you know? Yeah, I've got the lyrics here. I'm not gonna sing because my voice, and uh, I do apologize again this morning for my voice. I know it wasn't what it usually is, but uh, I'm sorry. It says Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day walk on water? Did you know? That your baby boy will save our sons and daughters. Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to the blind? Did you know that your baby boy will come the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy was, has walked where the angels trod? And when you kiss your little boy, can you imagine? You've kissed the face of God. Mary, did you know the blind will see, the deaf will hear, <laughs> the dead will live again, the lame will leap, and the dumb will speak in the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you know? That your baby boy is in heaven's perfect lamb. This sleeping child you're holding is that great I am. It's my desire that he's in your heart this morning. I pray. I pray with all I got within me. That none of y'all will ever die and go to hell. Please consider Christ. Let's be dismissed. Again, everyone's welcome to come to the fellowship hall and let's eat. We'll gather in like sardines and uh, we'll eat like horses. All right? And uh, thank you all for being here this morning. Thank you, visitors that came for the first time. May the Lord bless you. <clears throat> I would ask you your name and all that, but then it's kind of embarrassing. We don't want to embarrass nobody. And we, we are so small, we know you're here. and We're thankful for that. And uh, make sure you shake hands, go around. Welcome our visitors here this morning and uh, give, go give God the glory. Amen. Brother Keith, will you dismiss us here this morning? Oh, come, holy faith.